0: A lot of the times, what financial wellness and financial independence means is having the ability and the opportunities to do things you truly want to do.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Everyday Endorphins. When we think of wellness, we often think of our physical wellness or our emotional wellness. Going to the gym, we know that it's important to stay active and stay in shape for our bodies and our minds, seeking therapy or other options to help in times of stress or feeling overwhelmed. That's taking care of our physical and our emotional wellness. But we often don't talk about financial wellness, especially young women. However, I've come to learn that financial wellness plays a really integral role in your overall well being. So, this week, I had the pleasure of bringing Anam Lakhani and Eve Halimi, co founders of Alinea Invest, onto the podcast to talk all about investing and what financial wellness means. Alinea Invest is a mobile investing app with a mission to empower the next generation of investors. I had the opportunity to help out with Alinea while I was in college as part of their community coordinator program. So, not only was it a great opportunity for me to learn more about investing, why you should invest your money, and what it means to be financially independent, but I was able to see what it's like from a startup perspective when you're building out something, when you're building out an app, an idea, a company, all the work that goes into that. And I think it's super fascinating, all the work that they're doing and that they continue to do every day. So, in this episode, we talk all about financial wellness, financial independence, how you can achieve financial wellness through investing as one strategy, how you can invest on the Alinea app, the mission behind the app, and what it was like for them to make a sacrifice, leaving their full-time job to fully pursue what they're doing with Alinea. Before we get into the episode, I have a brief message from my sponsor, Anchor.
0: At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best, It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line, it's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI, it's possible. Because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder.
1: Hi, Anam. Hi, Eve. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. We're super excited to be
0: here and, and to finally chat. Thanks for having us.
1: So something that's been on my mind recently is financial wellness, and it's actually been on my mind for a while, but I feel like now that I have a job and a lot of my friends are now in the working world, this is a concept that's become even more important and kind of like a smack in the face, understanding what is financial wellness. So I'd love to start there. How would you guys both define what financial wellness is?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, not too long ago, Stella, and still now we were in your shoes. I think really I came back from a Wall Street internship and it was the first time in my life where I had a little bit of cash left over and I knew I wanted to do something with it apart from just leave it in a savings account or, you know, go shopping. I wanted to see that money grow. And I know Eve was in the same position. And I think that's when it really hits you. And I think financial wellness is just making sure you have opportunities available to you. And obviously one way to do that is obviously the first steps for creating an emergency fund, making sure you've paid off your debt. But another whole part of that is investing. Um, And that was something even I are really passionate about.
2: Yeah. And, And to add on to that, I think financial wellness also means you personally taking care and being financially independent, right? A lot of the time, I'll speak to young people who are in college or out of college and still letting their their parents or their boyfriends or their uncles or fathers kind of take care of their finances. And it's, it's not about that to be financially independent. It's to be able to do it yourself. And yeah. that's what we stand for at Alinea.
1: I think also once you're financially independent and you can like afford like the lifestyle that you want to lead, it's that much more rewarding. But when you're coming out of college It's really scary for the first time, like not really knowing how to manage your finances. And I loved your comment, Anam, about having this sum of money and not really knowing what to do with it, not necessarily wanting it to sit in a savings account. And that's where investing comes into play. And not long ago, the both of you founded your own investing platform called Alinea Invest. And I had the opportunity to get involved as a community coordinator when I was still in college, which I absolutely loved. I think. In that program, I was able to gain more exposure to what investing is and have conversations with other people my age and other women my age about investing in the gender gap in investing. It was so good having you on. And I think we originally bonded about this
0: conversation of financial wellness and what that means. And it's really incredible. Every day we get to talk to college students, those struggles and fears they're experiencing, especially related to investing. Um, and, and I think we still really see a lot of interest, but also a lot of feelings of just being nervous, being scared, um, being afraid to get started. And so at Alineo, we're just really working at how do you kind of overcome that and how do you get started? And I think investing like any other skill in life is something that comes with time and practice. And so the best way to do it is just get started, whether that's with $5, $10, or, or 20 It's just It's about taking that first step.
1: I agree. It is difficult to get started. And I think back when we met, like, I guess a year ago now, I remember sharing with you that I had first found out about investing from a male friend about Robinhood. And these were not conversations I was having with my other friends who were girls. Like None of us were talking about it. And I know at Alinea, that's also something that's super valuable to the both of you is like closing the gender gap in investing, but it seems now you're also pivoting more to focusing on how do people actually get started with investing?
0: I think it's both. So there's basically, there are people who are comfortable with investing, who are super technical, who like to kind of be more risk takers. And then there's the majority of the population who are risk averse, who are overwhelmed. It goes across genders. Women, you definitely see it more um, because those just, they're not conversations we're having um, and we should be having them. I don't think we talk about it as much, but that's going to change hopefully. And so it's really about just like, how do you get started and, and take the intimidation out? And how do you bring in people who have been left behind or who aren't exposed in having this conversation? And so Alinea just beyond the platform as as a brand as a startup as as female founders we want to make sure people who feel overwhelmed or feel left behind or feel like this isn't something for them don't feel that way anymore and, and they can get started.
1: It's very difficult, especially when there aren't those conversations being had. But over the past year, like even more most recently, you guys have been doing such amazing jobs at spreading the word about Alinea and also really emphasizing how it's not that hard to get started with investing, how all you need really is just a little bit of money, just put it in there. And through the growth of the Alinea community and getting other people to talk about investing, that's how you can also increase your financial or personal financial literacy. And I know that you guys recently rolled out a new feature called Stacks. Could you talk a little bit more about what the Stacks feature is, how it relates to the platform and how it ultimately can help people get started in investing.
2: When Anam and I came out of these Wall Street internships and we're seeing a lot of our male friends kind of gamble on the stock market, um, we wanted to create at that point an alternative to Robinhood that was much more responsible. And that's where the Stacks play in, right? The Stacks are ETFs that are rebranded, uh, but more than anything, they're an amazing way to diversify your portfolio. We want to create a product for the next generation to be able to invest in causes they care about, but also diversify at the same time. And that's what we kind of separated on the app. We have impact stacks where people can invest in clean energy. They can invest in women-led companies uh, all in one click. And um, and that's the beauty
1: of it. From what I've seen on the platform, it's, it's very user-friendly. So when you're looking at The interface and you're looking at the stacks, not only is it user-friendly, but it's also really fun to see what options you can put in your stack. And at the end of the day, when you're able to share that, see what your friends are investing in, I think that also increases that sense of community. So hopefully people are buying into this idea of like understanding how to invest in what their friends are doing and bringing more of a social aspect into it as well.
0: Yeah. I think it's really about moving past like we're in retail investing 2.0, which means we've moved from those very traditional brokerages to now mobile apps, which is great. People are doing this on their phone, which was unheard of. Like 10 years ago, that wasn't even a thing. And I think now we're at the next phase of it is, okay, as what can we do next, right? So stacks, that's one click and you're invested in hundreds, thousands of companies. With that, you can see what your friends are doing, what stacks they're making, You may trust one of your friends who's, you know, very into clean energy and they've made they've done their homework. They've made a clean energy stack um, and you can actually have the ability to invest in that. And that hasn't been done before. So we're super excited to release these features and just, you know, take investing to the next level and just really give a different experience than what's out there.
1: I mean, also, Alinea's growth has really accelerated over the past like few months, especially. Every time I've checked LinkedIn or Instagram, there's just a new achievement that Alinea has met, and it's really aspirational that both of you left your full-time jobs to pursue this. I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about what that shift was like now being full-time entrepreneurs, working in this industry, being your own bosses, essentially. It's I mean, going through rounds of funding, it's a lot going on and you're working to develop this app and and make it as best as it, as it can be. So I'd love for you to speak a little bit more about like that transition and just jumping into this new lifestyle.
0: So we're not our own boss. The customers are our boss oh, and we're working for our, our customers. <laughs> um, and I think that's the most rewarding part of this. Okay. So one of my sister's friends had never invested before. She's Um, not an econ or finance student. And we got her on the app and today she like sent me a text and said, I feel like I can really invest now and and I've learned so much and thank you. And I think those moments are just the most rewarding for us. Um, Entrepreneurship is very interesting. I think a lot of the times we get asked about, you know, why would you take this risk and quit your cushy job? And uh, I think, and, and I heard this in a different podcast, but it's like for entrepreneurs, like, it's so much riskier to not take this on because you have such a strong conviction that this product is needed in the world. And that's something even I definitely felt. I mean, when you start at, Paul Graham has this quote, which I love. I am not saying it exactly right, but
2: he says, like, when you start thinking about an idea every day in the shower and you can't stop thinking about it, you have to go and pursue it. And that I think Anam and I, like right after graduating, we just, we started our full-time jobs, but we just couldn't stop thinking about Alinea and how much we wanted to create this product, how much we wanted to, to create this startup and, and and really see it come through. And so, yeah, I don't think we uh, we will ever look back.
0: And even our team, like all like all of our engineers, they're all from Columbia, they're Gen Zs, they've experienced this problem. And so this product is literally for Gen Zs, by Gen Zs, and we're all so passionate about it. So it's actually really fun. And, and we're excited to just every time like deliver a new feature or talk to our customers. We're learning so much along the way.
1: Yeah, if you have that drive for it, it has to like propel you through it. Because Being an entrepreneur and starting your own thing is really exhausting. And especially I can't imagine like that transition when you did decide to make the leap. Your lifestyle changed. Your your daily schedule changed. How did you manage maybe the stresses that came with not being in a traditional and corporate, corporate environment and having to make your own schedule, adopt a whole new working strategy? What was that like for the both of you?
2: It was so weird at the beginning. Like it, it was funny because at the beginning, I, I still remember an I quit her job like two weeks before me. And she was just like, I need you here. Like, this is such a weird transition.
0: It was a um, very uncomfortable uh, yeah. transition. I think people don't talk about this as much, but I remember yeah. when I was walking <laughs> to work, it, I almost felt like it's such a bad analogy, but you know, like you're a lost pet almost like you don't know what you're doing. Um, you kind of just you're just like wow like it's very uncomfortable Um, you have
2: to create this new structure for yourself right you have to create this day-to-day this daily structure which you usually had at your job with your manager and and your team and now you're like managing yourself and you're managing people and you're just like whoa like how how do I create a structure and no one really tells you how to do it. So it is definitely
0: a transition. It's quite counterintuitive. So you kind of you have a startup. So you kind of like are moving out of like corporate structure. But you really need a lot of what makes a startup work is process and structure. Uh, And so it's really interesting. And you have to hit some level of self-awareness to create this process and structure for yourself. So for example, even I do not come from engineering backgrounds and shout out Dan, our CTO. One of the most incredible things he's done is create an engineering process, which I had no idea how that works, but he's really set up, you know, things, meetings that work for us, very effective times where we discuss product review sessions. Um, So yeah, like you still need structure, but you also still need time to like, kind of think, brainstorm, be creative. And that's the fun of startups. You have
1: to balance all of that the structure that's put in place, but now in the startup world, you have to manage the entirety of the startup, the company that you're building, but how do you find time to manage yourself and your personal life? It seems like the two can be very blend and intertwined when your entire life becomes your work.
2: It's it's very difficult to manage both. Uh it's very hard to have a social life plus plus a startup life. When I finished my work week in my previous job, like I was looking forward to the weekends, right? Like I all I wanted to do was go out to brunch with my friends, go out on a Saturday night, um, go to a party, and now I would rather sit at home or sit with the team and work than go out to a party. <laughs> and so so yeah, your interests kind of shift, and and that's totally fine. Um, we still make time for, obviously, for our own personal needs and, and to see our friends and our family, um, but it, it definitely isn't the same.
1: I want to pivot a little bit and talk more about the different components of financial wellness. Obviously, you and Anam are very focused on the investing aspect of it with Alinea, but Earlier, Anam was mentioning that it's very multifaceted, like your savings account, your investments in your retirement. So what are the different components really of financial wellness to be financially independent?
2: As soon as you start making your first paycheck, and I tell this to everyone, you should be putting about 20% of that paycheck into investing it, essentially. Um, Because if you're not investing some of that paycheck, you're letting money kind of stand still. I, I really break this down when you start getting your first salary because I, I that's how I, I kind of see it. That's when you kind of can become financially independent. When you're in college, it's very difficult. But you should have about 30% of your paycheck or less in your rent. Um, in New York City, that's very tough. <laughs> I, I think for my first job, I had like 70% of my first initial paycheck on in my rent it was a disaster terrible financial advice <laughs> so yeah you should have about 30% in your in your rent 20% invested and uh about 30 to 40% into food and and so on and so you should actually just taking a step back you should have about 30% saved as well
1: saved in like an emergency fund or saved in retirement like how do you break that down I would put
2: 15% in retirement
1: and and
2: about 15% just sitting in cash as a saving. Ideally, when you are financially independent and financially well, you really want to feel comfortable with your finances. So again, it's not splurging on shopping. It's not splurging on rents. Um, you have to really break down how you're going to spend that first paycheck.
0: And it's different for everyone. Yeah. Unfortunately, even though there's like rules out there like save 20% of your income, it, it is different for everyone and everyone has a different financial situation. And that's why it's really hard to prescribe something. Yeah. But you have to consciously and actively make the effort to put savings to the side, to put investing to the side, because time catches up with you sooner than you know. And I think what most people don't understand um, is people assume investing is risky and it's better to leave things in a savings account. But what a lot of Gen Zs also don't consider is leaving things in a saving account, like leaving money in a savings account is more risky because inflation is going to catch up with that. And money, you know, your the value of your money will decrease if you leave it in a savings account. Whereas if you invest it in something like the S&P 500, which has averaged a 7% return for per year for, you know, past, I don't know what the number is, like 40 years or so. That's, that's where your money is growing. And that's actually the safer and better alternative.
1: That's a great point because I think a lot of my peers and people my age who are not super well-versed with investing or don't have a lot of knowledge about investing think that you're putting all your money in, let's say, like one individual stock and they don't know how to choose like the right stock where, where they'll get positive returns. And- I think, you know, mentioning the S&P 500 is a great example of something that's more st- like stable and not as risky because you you are guaranteed to make, you know, to grow from that investment. And there's other kinds of investments as well where you can make your money back and and grow it in the in the long term. Another investment that seems I think right now kind of risky is with uh NFTs and blockchain. I don't know if either of you want to speak to that.
0: I think it's a very interesting space. It's definitely like when you're a beginner, you don't want to start by buying an NFT. Um, It's probably not the safest or most comfortable way to go. NFT is basically like buying a collectible art piece that's digital, digital. And so before you kind of get into that, I think the objective for many beginners is to kind of establish steady income that you're going to get from investing. Investing in a stack is a great way to go, right? Because you're diversifying your portfolio from the get go. You're
1: reducing risk. Can you uh, define what it means to diversify a portfolio? For some of my listeners who may not know what that means.
0: That basically means like it's a saying, don't put your eggs all in one basket. So what you're not doing is you're not putting all your eggs in one basket. You're distributing that amongst different stocks or different asset classes. So you know your risk is ultimately reduced because yeah. you're not like betting it's, it's on very, one company performing well. Very
2: risky to put all your ass, your all your money into Tesla or all your money into Dogecoin. That is to avoid, um, and that is what we saw a lot of our friends lose a lot of money that way. And that's why it's very important to to invest in stacks to to help you invest in multiple things at the same time, like the S and P 500 is one of the best uh, places to keep your money. It's the top biggest 500 public companies in the US.
1: Noted, good advice. I think, yeah, again, back to the earlier point, people, I think, see, feel that as if investing can be risky because their understanding of investing is putting all their eggs in one basket, putting all their money in a Tesla stock or in you know, Amazon or whatever. And that's not really the best investment strategy because it's really risky, more so than maybe buying an NFT. And I mean, there are cases where people now are just making so much money off of buying NFTs and haven't really ever invested before because they're maybe there at the right time, you know, right place, right time, that type of thing. No, 100
0: percent. And for blockchain and crypto, we don't have crypto on the platform yet. However, a lot like a great way to get exposure to blockchain and crypto companies is the blockchain stack. So that basically offers, you know, a variety of companies that are working on the blockchain space that are working with blockchain technologies. And you can kind of get the same sort of exposure to that space without having to actually invest in crypto, which I think is pretty interesting for people who are skeptical or who are more risk averse about crypto.
1: I saw that recently roll out. So I think that's a really, a really great addition. And I'll have to check that out for sure, because I'm kind of dabbling a little bit in the whole crypto world without really a firm understanding but i have a few friends that are very enthusiastic about crypto blockchain nft's ethereum all of that good stuff but going back to you know the central idea and the central theme around financial well well-being and wellness there's this quote that like everybody knows you know money can't buy happiness and i've thought a lot about that quote especially with the topic of today's conversation And my personal thinking has kind of shifted around that. And I'm curious to hear your perspectives on this idea and the relationship between money and happiness and well-being, given that we've just talked a lot about financial wellness and what it means to be financially independent. I think a lot of the times what
0: financial wellness
1: and financial
0: independence means is having the ability and the opportunities to do things you truly want to do whether that's pursuing a hobby or whether that's you know being able to afford opportunities for yourself i think that's truly financial wellness and i think out of the entire wellness industry we focus a lot on physical wellness and mental and emotional wellness but financial wellness does correlate with that highly and so i I think it's definitely something of course money can't buy you happiness But it can afford you opportunities. It can afford you security. I think a lot of students know that we're sort of in like the highest levels of student debt we've seen. We're in, I know a lot of first generation college students know that people who have immigrant parents. And so you kind of see like our parents didn't necessarily have certain opportunities Um, and and being able to afford opportunities is very important. and, And that's why you should be focusing on your financial wellness and financial independence from a young age.
1: I think that's a great way to talk about the distinction between this concept around money not buying happiness and really what financial independence and what financial wellness means. At the end of the day, you want to be smart about how you, you know, spend your money and how you, you know, your personal finances so that you can at least live comfortably, whatever that definition is for you. Because at the end of the day, everything in life costs money. Like nothing is for free. So I think that's also important to to keep in mind.
0: And we're at a really interesting point in history if you think about it. Like investing was originally only created for wealthy people or institutional investors. We've now moved to anyone who has a mobile phone has access to investing. And there's still like massive like demographic you know gaps here i I think i read today you half of americans still don't own any piece of the stock market they don't own any stocks if you look at women the gender investing gap is still enormous it costs i think around average like a million dollars in a woman's lifetime women live longer minority groups as well many minority groups are not owning any equities and so i think we're at a really interesting point in history and definitely our mission at alinea is to bring those people who have been left behind um, and to make this more accessible to them and make it more familiar and make them feel more confident as investors.
1: That's great. I mean, I love what you guys are doing and I'm curious to know, in the next five years, what do you hope for Alinea to achieve? It's a loaded question, but I'm sure you have like a five-year plan. You know, we went to
0: a college campus, I think a, a week ago, and so many students came up to us and they said, "We're so we're interested in investing but we're so scared um, and we don't know where to start. And I hope in five years when we go back, um, people come up to us and say, you know, I started investing. It was because of the Alinea app started right when I got to college and we're building wealth. And I think that would be yeah. incredible. I, I really hope we get
2: more women more minorities to to join the investing space um, that we, we kind of break the gender investing gap a bit more and, um, Yeah, that we educate people on financial literacy. That's a huge one.
0: I think we're also shifting to a different thing. I think people are more selective with what they're investing in. It's almost as if you're voting with your dollars, like you're literally putting your money where your mouth is. Um, And so I think investing can also be a form of self-expression. And that's what we're definitely seeing with the next generation. People want financial returns, but they don't want it at the cost of compromising their values. Um, So we're really excited to see where that goes. And I think it's like, whether it's like fashion or art, I think we're seeing investing become a form of self-expression as well.
1: That's a really unique way to put it. I like that because I haven't thought of it that way. But I think that really captures the essence of what you're trying to do with Alinea and how you're trying to get people my age, Gen Z, people who are hesitant to investing to really think about it in a different way, in a way that is accessible and appealing to them. So keep up the amazing work. It's just so awesome to see what you guys keep doing and all the amazing things that you've achieved up to this point and will continue to do. One final question that I have for the both of you is what is something that brings you endorphins? Working with
0: Eva, Briette. <laughs> That's
1: too easy of an answer.
0: <laughs> no, honestly, working
2: with Anam is like, it's like working with um, with a fitness coach. <laughs> it's- <laughs> constantly motivating yeah, constantly motivating, and
0: pushing you to work harder chocolate, i think doing what you chocolate. love that's that's, <laughs> that's endorphins awesome. chocolate we eat we eat too much eat sugar, here. sugar. <laughs> yeah i don't know if that's recommended but no
2: but honestly there's nothing more exciting and exhilarating than working on your own passion project like the startup is like a, a full-on roller coaster like
0: but when the highs are highs like it really kicks in no, but I think building and <laughs> innovating is such a beautiful process, and I don't, I don't know. Like you're not always exposed to that. Like how? Oh,
2: oh actually, I have it. It's when customers send us um yeah. really loving messages saying that like, yeah that's an ingest that they learn really. something new on a Linear like that really
1: I nice. love that. I mean if you have happy yeah, customers because you're doing incredible. something right which you clearly are cuz lots of great feedback has come your way. Thank you guys so much for coming on to the podcast. Thank
0: you for having us. Yeah, thank you for always supporting us. You're the best.
1: Thank you for listening and remember to like, rate, and review this podcast on whichever listening platform you prefer. Don't forget to keep spreading endorphins and find things that bring you endorphins every day. See you next time.